Welcome to this conversation between Stephen Gribben, the CEO and founder of CoachPro, and me, Warren Hammond. Here's a quick snippet of what to expect. You're then more empowered, more in control of being able to say, what do I want to be? What is my full potential? What do I want to develop? Being successful by being you. Now knowing and understanding more about who you are on this profile allows you then to determine what success would look like for you, what happiness would look like for you, what health and fulfillment would look like for you, and being able to determine that rather than wait to hear what others think is best for you. Welcome back, podcast. This is another good episode. One of my favorite topics is the rhino and cattle story. Now, you probably noticed that I like this story. It's in our logo. And when Stephen tells the story, he does it with great color. And you can really picture the different characters involved. However, what I need to work harder on are two things. One, one isn't better than the other. They're just different. And this is a key part of the story. Understanding the different profiles of people around us and not just understanding them, appreciating them, and really valuing them. So the rhino and the cattles, it's not really a story only about rhinos and cows. It's more about diversity and inclusion. It's about looking around us and seeing people who are different, and understanding that they're there to complement us, to complete us. Let's just jump straight in. I'll be back at the end with some comments. But in the meantime, any thoughts or comments, please drop us a note. Find us on LinkedIn. There's a full transcript available on my blog. And there's loads more videos and models and frameworks on coachpro.online. So, thanks for your support so far. Here comes the cheesy music. So today, as always, interesting topic. The rhino and cattle model. Now... I'm going to be working really hard not to say too much in this because this is a story I have abused and abused so many times, Stephen. It's going to be good to get it from the horse's mouth, so to speak. So let's get into it. The rhino and cattle model. What is it? In essence, what it is, is a a profiling framework. Help you to see yourself and to understand others more as a process so that you can authentically connect, engage and understand and appreciate both yourself and others intelligently rather than just see yourself or others through an emotional prism. So I just thought it was a nice wildlife story, but already you've come up with lots and lots of four-syllable words there. So it's a profiling framework. So this, so how, how I think of it, and you tell me which bits are right and which bits are, are nearly right, let's put it that way is this is a way of breaking, looking at yourself, looking at other people and helping you to see the differences between them without it being good or bad. Yeah, it's to understand those differences and accept those differences, appreciate those differences, be okay with those differences and value them and expect them as opposed to seeing them and judging them on the basis of whether you like them or not, or whether you agree with them or not, so that it gets beyond either asking people to be more like you or feeling the pressure to be ha- for you to have to be more like them. 
and you use the word already intelligent. You talk a lot about when you're thinking intelligently, it's more complex and nuanced versus emotionally, which tends to be you know, binary, black and white, good or bad, hero or zero. This is part of that, intelligently looking at somebody and seeing seeing the many different shades of, of skills in them. They're not good or bad. They are just different, unique. Yeah, if, if you're going to have relationships and you're going to be of influence, then you first of all need to connect. So you need to know where people are to be able to connect. And what this allows you to do, even with this profiling, we're going to use the caricatures of a rhinoc- rhinoceros and cattle. Um, this isn't then to label people as either being rhinos or cattle, but to understand if they are more rhino or more cattle so that we can find out intelligently where they are. As we did with trust before, there's emotional trust, which is 100% or 0%. The 99 boxes in between are where intelligent trust sits. Well, when we're profiling people in terms of the characteristics, this is an objective process to see where they are on a scale as opposed to just putting them in a box. This makes sense. So in terms of, we think of workplaces at the moment, we've got so many different generations and you know, there's ages, there's genders, there's, there's so many different spectrum at the moment in play. I can see that this is going to be useful in that. So in first of all, internally, why is this important in terms of my own self-development? In terms of your own self-development and the four pillars of that are your self-awareness, self-confidence, self-management, self-determination. Having that greater self-awareness of where you are on this spectrum from you know the extreme cattle to the extreme rhino, where you are on helps you become more self-aware of where you are, what's important to you, what works for you, what matters to you, how you see the world. It reinforces that self-awareness. It then also supports that self-confidence that if you're more rhino, it's okay and it's pretty cool to be a rhino. And if you're more cattle, it's okay and pretty cool to be cattle. So it's having that self-confidence that I know who I am, I know what I'm about, I'm okay with that. So that profiling, that naming you talked to us about before is when, when you name something, it's easier to manage it. That's almost that self using these profiles of rhino and cattle help you to name and identify and acknowledge certain characteristics about yourself. And as you said, once you become aware of it, be absolutely fine about it then. Okay. Yep. Because it helps you get beyond the, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Is that a strength or a weakness? Is it a right or wrong? It's an objective profiling. So it is, you can see it as what it is and that's okay. And if you've got that self-awareness of what you are and you're confident then in what you are more of, then you can move into that self-management, which is managing then how you communicate with yourself, how you connect with yourself, how you position things with yourself to your natural strengths and tendencies. And then the last element is about self-determination. You're then more empowered, more in control of being able to say, what do I want to be? What is my full potential? What do I want to develop? Being successful by being you. Now knowing and understanding more about who you are on this profile allows you then to determine what success would look like for you, what happiness would look like for you, 
what health and fulfilment would look like for you and been able to determine that rather than wait to hear what others think is best for you. So it doesn't matter which, in this one, we're talking rhinos and, and cattle. It doesn't matter which, where you are on it, but once you understand which you are, you can then use that to your advantage to determine what's going to happen next. You don't have to pretend to be something else. This is who you are and that's enough and that's good enough already. Yeah. And as I say, it takes you beyond the labelling of good or bad, right or wrong, strong or weak. It just it's an objective. This is where you fit. In your opinion, this is where you fit. And therefore, let's start from there. Rather than the where am I not, who am I not, looking at the gaps all the time. It's building upon what's there. And then you take that externally to others. So if the self-development is your piece in it, the external benefit of this is then it helps you build stronger relationships, authentic, genuine, sincere relationships, you being you and them being them. It also allows you to connect because you don't have to be the same to connect. It's not about having something in common. It's about creating a connection. And therefore, with that connection, you can be far more influential. You can add more value. You can make more of a difference. And the difference is of value to that other person because you have that connection. You will also have greater harmony through this and importantly, less conflict because you're not forcing your way of looking at the world onto someone else who sees it differently. You will understand and expect they're going to see this differently. Therefore, they're going to respond to this differently. So you can anticipate that more. So by looking at the, their qualities, you see that they're different. You don't judge it as good or bad. You just understand it's different. And knowing it's different, you know that there will be a different response, a different reaction, a better way of, of talking to them. And therefore, that's that, as you talk about many times, that connection is you can't influence from afar. You can't build trust from afar. You have to have that connection. So this enables you. That's, this is one of the basic building blocks. And this helps you get a connection with people who may, who may be the same as you or may be different, but you'll, you'll look at it more clearly. Okay. Yeah. And it helps you get beyond that tolerating people who are different than you. This helps you build a credible value and appreciation for what they bring rather than always comparing it to what you would rather they brought or what you're bringing. And therefore that moves into tolerance. This makes it into value and appreciation. It also helps with your communication because you can speak their language. You can position things in a way where they can connect and understand it better. And also what you can do is request and, and advise on how best to communicate to you. That's a good one. This is the type of stuff that works for me. This is the way I'll respond to best. So that you can then set clear expectations, both in the giving of expectation and what to expect in return, which wraps up into that intelligent trust. Rather than thinking I can trust someone or I can't, you'll be able to clarify and identify specifically what can exactly I trust so that therefore you can make more conscious decisions rather than feeling I should be able to, so I'm just going to, but actually you make more conscious decisions. And look, wrapping all that up, you might not be happy and therefore you might be disappointed, but it'll be accurate disappointment 
you might be disappointed that a rhino is not going to respond the way you would prefer them to do if they were cattle, and vice versa. But it'll be accurate disappointment rather than the inaccurate optimism that I like this, therefore you should, or that inaccurate pessimism that you will never respond well to this, but I'm going to still keep putting it to you in this way. That's a lot there. I like this idea then, first of all, that conflict or you know, can move to a tolerance once you've acknowledged their skills to actually appreciating and, and valuing them. I think that's a journey that I've gone on, but maybe not as consciously and intelligently as you're suggesting can be done. I mean, I think we've all had those people who we just didn't understand. And then we start to think, oh, actually, I can see the job they do to actually appreciating the massive value that they can bring to a team or to or, or to your life. Okay. <laughs> I love that idea of being able to say to people, this is how you deal with me. I think, you know, if you could have a a manual, you know, around your neck that people realised how best to get the best out of you, that would have saved me loads of loads of hassle in the past. Yeah. Okay. This is good. This is this is this is massive. This is important. It feels that this is one of our key building blocks and this this genuine connection with people, with yourself and with other people. This is gonna help massively with that. Yeah, I mean, look, I've I've used this for many many years with people, and it's it's almost become shorthand with some of those people. And they will just say either rhino or cattle, and and we both know what they mean. And and there is an, a value and importance on this that it's there's a bit of fun involved in that. You know, this allows you to kind of take a little bit of the intensity out of it, and allow yourself just to observe and see it through a humorous aspect. And, and caricature, which takes a little bit of the heat out of it, to be able to just look at it as a process and to, to characterise people in two fantastic animals of rhinoceros and cattle, but to see them in that basis allows you to look at it more objectively in a more relaxed and informal way. And as long as you do it without judgment, then there's great clarity to begin from it. I never thought of it like that. I mean, I think of the whole diversity and inclusion movement, and I know you do loads of work around this. And you're right. This allows you to have a fun, lighthearted discussion on whether you're a rhino or a cattle without it feeling um, that there's judgment and, and, and concern all around you. But the lessons learned from this apply for whatever diverse or uh, different profile groups you've got. As we, I talked about, you know, whether it's age, mental models, thinking, backgrounds, you know, geographies, whatever your life experience is, the lessons that this, model, this simple rhino cattle model is going to give, actually, they, they work across the board. Yeah, and look, all the stuff that we deal with is on the fundamentals. And if you've got the fundamentals, you can apply them to every situation. But there's a lot of profiles that are purely situational and that are built upon the fundamentals. This is one of the fundamentals. It allows you to look at it objectively and then apply it. But it's to be fun. I'm ready for fun. <laughs> Good. Good. So let's look at the two main characters then. So what would you say are the characteristics of rhinoceros? So the, the way I think of the rhino, and obviously you've coloured this over the years, is 
they do a lot of charging in straight lines, making a lot of mess is one of the things I think about. That That's one of the first things I think about is straight line, charging, on their own, knocking stuff out of the way, maybe knocking stuff out of the way they shouldn't do. That would be one of the things I'd say. Rhinos are thick-skinned. They are not herd animals. You don't see big packs of rhinos. They go and ride in isolation of small groups. They are placid by nature until riled. Okay. And they're very protective of their own. They're actually partially blind, so they are very strong on scent. So they will sniff out an opportunity. (laughs) Okay. And when they sniff out an opportunity, they don't meander or walk around things to get there. They point themselves straight to that opportunity and they charge and they will knock everything in its way, out of its way, to get to that opportunity. Now, there are times when it will run through and another aspect of it is it lives in that jungle environment, so a dangerous environment. It's also a hunted animal uh, because it has great value, so it's hunted. There's a lot of pot shots taken at Rhino. Um, So rhino will sniff an opportunity. They will go charging through it and they'll charge in straight lines through anything that's in their way and they will get to where they imagined the opportunity was. And because they're partially blind, they've had to imagine. And sometimes when they get there, they arrive and have great success. They have great rhino success. And they're battered, bloodied and bruised, but they got to something that no one else could actually have seen. But there's other times when they run through that jungle environment and they're battered, bloodied and bruised and they get there and what they imagined isn't actually what's there. And what they will do is then stick their nose up in the air again for the scent of the next opportunity and they will go again because rhinos are very resilient. I love how you just said it's because they're they're, they're a bit blind. It's one of the reasons they're charging and knocking stuff out of the way. It's almost making a a plus about, about a minus. Okay, so thick-skinned, resilient, charging, look after their own, placid, okay, hunted. They can also be perceived as being powerful and perceived by some as being intimidating. Especially, I mean, I know we're going on to cattle later, but you think of a rhino, and it is it's a scary, impressive creature. If it was running towards you, you'd be absolutely petrified. I don't think of the caring aspects of it as well. I think of it more as that scary, charging, intimidating, ferocious creature. And because they're not part of a herd, they're, they're very protective of their own. They tend to be in isolation a lot. So they tend to have their own thoughts a lot. But they will bounce off of other rhinos really, really well for a short time. Rhinos love to go on adventures. And they're really good at bouncing off other rhinos and sharing stories of their adventures. But they then have to go back out and be isolated back onto their own adventure. Otherwise, if you get rhinos sticking around each other for too long, they start getting overly competitive. And there's conflict between rhinos, which is why they're best to then go back out onto their own adventures. They are more competitive than collaborative by nature which is why they're really good at sharing those stories, but they'll then want to go on to go out and create their next story and then their next adventure. And yes, there are times 
when they do go into a mud bath and just lie there and rest. And then they'll go back out, they'll let the sun dry that mud on their skin and they'll shake it off and they'll go again. There's a fantastic book called Rhinoceros Success. It's a very thin book by written by a New Zealand guy called Scott Alexander. I'm assuming there's a bit of Scottishness in there. Um, and it's fantastic. And then there's other books like Rhinoceros Ology and stuff, which, and they're, they're small books. They're about 30, 40 pages long. They're a great comical read uh, on the psychology of rhinos. So this is something which is, well, because when I'm hearing you talk about this, it, I mean, it almost does feel like you are drawing up a, an incredible cartoon character or that this is at the start of a David Attenborough sort of documentary on it, you know, and you're putting these characteristics sort of human characteristics onto a rhino, but actually these, yeah, these come from the rhino itself. That's incredible. Yeah. It's rhinos are a great example of so many people that we've met. So many people you've lived with, worked with, known, socialized with, and sometimes they're a great example of you when you're being a rhino. And are you, so a rhino is going to be obviously, so this is a profiling tool. So this is a spectrum. So there's the you know, extreme rhino at one end, and, and I'm guessing we're going to come to the, the cattle at the other. And the trick is that there, this isn't good or bad. It's just a profile of, of where people sit. Do you change them? So at this stage, it's just understanding what the profile of rhino involves. So all we're doing is specifying what's in the characteristics of rhino. If we then contrast that with the characteristics of cattle. Well, I'm thinking that. So you said thick skin for a rhino, so I'm assuming cattle, therefore, is going to be thin-skinned. They're herd animals, obviously. We see them in herd. We I don't think of them as, as particularly dangerous or intimidating i mean they're big yeah so there's big what else would you say how do they look after their young i mean they're herd animals they're pretty protective i guess but you see you but you don't think of it same way as a rhino i don't see them charging through jungles i see them living in a field munching on grass or all together you said a rhino was placid until riled. I see a cattle being more placid, but yeah. Now trying to do my own cartoon picture. Let's get the official one rather than my mangled up version of a cow. <laughs> so cattle are herd animals. So they are thinner skin. Um, they go around in large numbers. So there's their cattle mentality. And they put the strongest of the herd to the middle and the weaker ones to the outside. They have safety in numbers and confidence in process. So they, they like to be in an environment that's controlled, where there's habit and there's routine. They even like to be fenced in so that they know the parameters within which they can work and operate and what's expected of them. They follow instruction really well. And they are arguably more productive because they will produce things on a regular basis. <laughs> That's true. As long as they are given the resources, so as long as they're fed and watered and looked after, they will continue pr to produce. And they like that routine. In fact, if that routine is upset, they get distressed. 
They don't like that breaking routine. When the storm clouds gather over cattle, what they do is they hunker down and wait for the storm clouds to pass and then they'll get back up and go back into their routine. Of course, I'm just sort of picturing them all now. You're right, you know, they all lie down, they all sit together, and that's when they're, when they're a bit worried or they're scared something different is kind of comes and they huddle together and then they'll go back to their routine and their habit. They wait for it to pass and then they get back to their routine. And they put the strongest of the herd to the middle and the weakest to the outside because they do know that eventually they will get picked off. <laughs> okay. So the strongest of the herd will go to the middle. And as long as they're given that instruction and they will follow that instruction. So there's, there's characteristics of rhino and there's also characteristics of cattle. That makes sense because you think of the size of cattle. They must be obedient. They must like habits. Otherwise, we wouldn't be able to control them the way we are able to control them. They're very disciplined and they're very strong and powerful in numbers. So they will gather people together to make their point or to get things to happen. They, they are, their safety and power is in numbers rather than anyone breaking away from the herd. So there's characteristics in both. And there is a kind of stark contrast between those characteristics. But there, is, there are levels in between. So you have the most chaotic and destructive rhinos at one end. And then you can have the most pedantic cattle at the other. But you have a range in between where you will have more rhino-like cattle and more cattle-like rhinos as you come to the, the, the more to the centre of that spectrum. Get it. So this is, again, so this isn't you are one or the other. This is, again, like you said at the start, there's that intelligent 99 boxes between the, the zero and the hundred. So... Yes. And if you look at the relationship between rhinos and cattle, so um, would you say you're more rhino or cattle? I'd say I am more rhino than cattle. And I'm working hard not to see that as a good thing or a bad thing. I'm happy for myself. (laughs) So rhinos at times, rhinos will be out in the jungle at times having wonderful adventures, great successes. and having all sorts of um, experiences and having a great time. And yes, they're battered, bloodied and bruised running through the jungle, but having great success. And and yes, there's people taking pot shots at them, but they're just bouncing off because they're having a great time. They are in a real high, great to be a rhino. They love life. And then they look across in their imagination to the field of cattle. And they look at those cattle in that field fenced in. And they genuinely think, why are you all behind that fence? Look what you're missing out on. Look at the opportunities out here. Get out of that fence and explore. Live your life. Have an adventure. Look at all the success we're having here. Yet if you let cattle loose in the jungle, they would be someone else's lunch. Yeah. But there are other times as a rhino where you're battered, bloodied and bruised, you're in the jungle, you're getting pot shots taken at you and you're not having any great success. You're just getting there too late or too soon or it's just not there. You descend to something else. 
and you're starting to go hungry and you're starting to feel a bit lonely and the pot shots are starting to hurt and people are starting to point the finger at you saying, why don't you just get a job or why don't you just do this or do that? Why don't you play it safe? Why don't you get out of the jungle? And you look at that, and that rhino looks across at that same field of cattle and looks and thinks, well, at least they're warm in there. At least they're all together. At least they've got company. At least they've got people together. At least they're guaranteed some food and water. At least they're looked, they're taken care of. At least they don't need to worry what's happening tomorrow. No one seems to be hunting them. That looks a lot more attractive in there. And at times you will get rhinos who will wander over to that field of cattle and look longingly into that field of cattle <laughs> and think, that, that, that looks pretty attractive. Love that, yeah. And so they climb, they climb over the fence and among the cattle. And what the cattle do immediately is they disperse because they are scared. There's now a rhino in the field. So immediately they disperse and the rhino will stand there. And what the cattle will then do is start to converge on the rhino because they will gather numbers together and they will start to converge around that rhino and start setting some rules. Don't mess this up in here. Take that horn off to begin with. Get rid of some of those big ideas. Don't disrupt that, this for the rest of us. We're quite happy. Become a, yeah, be more like a cow. You can come in here and be fed and watered and looked after, but please don't mess this up. And for the first three or four days, that rhino is in there feeling loved, cared for, part of something again, and kind of enjoying that nice warm feeling. By about day four, they're then starting to get a bit agitated. By day five, there's a hole in the fence and they're charging towards the jungle because they've had the scent of something. And the cattle are left to try and pick up the pieces. That's funny. So a rhino looks across at the cattle and thinks, nah, you're all crazy, or looks across and thinks, oh, I can do a bit of that. That, that's, that, that, look, that looks great. And do cattle look across at the jungle and never think, oh, I mean, it doesn't feel like this. The cattle are less likely to look over the fence because they're focused on their routine. But they will look at the rhino who comes up to the fence and they'll look at that rhino and cattle are far more collaborative and compassionate. So they will see that rhino in need and say, come in. But here's the rules. And here's how you're going to take away all that danger that you're in. And this is a nice, safe, safe place for you. Stick to the routine. We produce a lot of stuff yeah. here. But they are understandably not best pleased when that is wrecked four or five days later by the rhino smashing the fence and going back out to the jungle. Because the cattle know that the jungle is not an environment for them. So when you have that contrast in that relationship, without that connection and appreciation, it can be two very distinct identities. When you have got people who are more rhino who don't appreciate or value or connect with the more cattle-orientated people, then they tend to create chaos. When you have the more cattle-orientated people who are trying to cut down the disruption of the rhino, they will tend to try and hold them back. So this is that appreciation then that the rhino is going to do what a rhino needs to do and the cattle are going to do what the cattle need to do. and. Don't try and force change upon them. 
And this is about your self-awareness. As a rhino, you might be able to go in and pretend to be cattle for a while, but you're still a rhino. And equally, if you're more cattle orientated, you can get ambitious, you can get disruptive, you can try and be more rhino-like, but you're, you're more cattle orientated. You're coming at it from a cattle perspective. And it's getting beyond that as one right, wrong, strong, weak, good, bad. This is what's strong is your awareness of what you are and playing to those strengths rather than being told that you need to become more organised, more process-driven, more like everybody else, or whether you're being told that you need to be more of a game-changer, more ambitious, more disruptive, is first of all understanding where is your point of reference coming from? Where are you on that scale between the most chaotic rhino to the most pedantic cattle? Where would you put yourself on that scale? And understanding that is your starting point. And whatever the starting point is, it isn't going to stop you achieving whatever craziness you want to do in your life. But you won't get there if if you're starting from the wrong place. That's part of it, I guess, then. Once you understand this is it. But if you're pretending to be something else or someone else, if you're more cattle-orientated and you're very organised and very disciplined and arguably more productive on a consistent basis and you like that routine and you've got your plans in place and you've got your ambitions and you know the pathway that you're going to have and you're clearing what you want to achieve over a period of time, but you want that disruptive element, there's a certain amount of disruption you can bring, but if you really want some big disruption, go and find a rhino. Now, equally, if you're someone who creates masses of chaos and disruption, has fantastic successes, but also glorious failures, and you really don't know what you're going to do next, you're just going to get excited about it anyway, and you're going to go and make things happen, and you're going to go on loads of adventures. But if after a while you start to think, I've got nothing to show for it, then you can become a little bit more organised and structured. But if you really want that done well, go and get some cattle in your life. That's good. I mean, this is, again, sporting analogy. I mean, that's exactly, isn't it? Players who understand what they do really well, you know, whether, you know, whatever sport it is, let's, you know, obviously we always fall back to football, you know, but you've got, you know, the, the tall guy, the small, fast guy, you've got the different type of defensive units. Once you know what you're really good at, you can do a little bit of what the other person does. But if you want it done really well, then you go and get somebody who's brilliant at that. That makes sense. So you don't need the box done. You can move on that spectrum. But if you really want to get someone who is world-class at being a rhino or world-class at being cattle, go and find some cattle or rhino to complement who you are. And that's how you get the success then, because you it's the agency of others. You don't have to be everything yourself. But knowing what you bring to the party and having the confidence about that is who I am, and then and then knowing that you can connect to a world-class rhino will help you self-determine your future. And just thinking of your, you said those four big steps in the self-development. I mean, that all makes sense, doesn't it? That awareness, that confidence, that management, allowing you to self-determine your own future. Okay. Yeah, and, and self-development is based upon the function of building upon your strengths. 
whereas self-improvement and self-help always points in the direction of perceived gaps and weaknesses. Self-development is, first of all, understanding your strengths and building from there, so that when you do then take on any weaknesses or gaps, it's less challenging and you're being more authentic and sincere, and it's finding your right way of doing things. And also what this allows you to open up to is that you can, understanding this dynamic, knowing yourself as an individual and then being able to complement your strengths rather than seeing it as filling in for weaknesses, you're complementing your strengths. When you then have larger dynamics, so if you go into if you're a rhino and you go into a relationship with another rhino, then rather than one of you having to sacrifice who you genuinely are to balance out the other person, then go and bring some cattle into your life. And equally, if you're two more cattle-orientated people, one of you can pretend to be far more disruptive at the to, to support the other and sacrifice yourself or go and get some rhinos in your life. But understanding this as an objective profile gets you beyond that right, wrong, strong, weak. Should I be more like this? Should I be less like that? It's, it's celebrating the what you are because you'll be the best version of you even if you can be a pretty good version of someone else. What I love about that appreciation of you is that will help you then appreciate the others around you then. As you said, if you have got, if you can't bring somebody in, but you have got some of them bequeathed to you or in your team, then if you're aware and confident about your own abilities, you'll automatically start looking at the, maybe not automatically, but it'd be easier for you to be aware then of their skills and appreciate them in a genuine way, appreciate that differences, appreciate that there is a difference and that's to be celebrated, not to be yeah, even tolerated to go back to what well this is an important important point, Warren, because you cannot it's it's inside then out. You cannot appreciate others more to a level than you appreciate yourself. You can't communicate to a level with other people beyond the level you're communicating to yourself. You can't trust people to a greater degree than you trust yourself. So it starts with you. So having that value and appreciation and acceptance of who you are enables you to value and appreciate and accept what everybody else is. But bear in mind, if you feel yourself not accepting, not valuing and not appreciating others, that's also telling you what you're doing to yourself. That's good. So you pra- so you're almost practicing and learning this skill on yourself. And then as you get better at it, it will automatically you'll automatically start being able to use this with other people. Is that how it works? Is it an automatic? It starts with you. I mean, that's why self-development starts with self-awareness. You'll then be more aware of others because you're already aware of yourself. You know, it's if you haven't done the inner work, then the outer work's not really going to be to any great standard. Yes. Once I started to understand whether I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a rhino and I'm working with cattle or I'm cattle working with rhino, how do I make this best work? I mean, there is that appreciation that I'm different. Do I explain this model to them? How do I make this work? Once I've understood that there are these differences in the team, that we are different profiles, how do I make this work for me? Once you've plotted yourself on this scale between the most extreme rhino and the most extreme cattle, and just rest assured that 
you will not be at one extreme or the other. There are always people more cattle-like than you are, and there's always going to be more people who are wilder rhinos than you are. So feel confident that you're in that range <laughs> somewhere either side of the centre rather than you're at the extreme so that you can plot yourself first of all. So just on those plotting yourself, just, just to interrupt briefly, sorry, is do I change depending on situation, age, you know, environment, people around me? You know, do I, will I sometimes be more rhino in sometimes and more cattle in others? Is it situational or age or? You can be affected with external factors, but this starts with you. So this is you saying to yourself, when I have the option, when I have the choice, when I get to decide what would be my ideal starting position, when I'm at my happiest, when I'm at my most confident, when I'm at my most fulfilled, when do I enjoy it most? That makes sense. So you say, yeah. So if I'm feeling I'm being I'm being forced to be more rhino or more cattle because of external circumstances, this will eventually not end badly, but it, it won't be my best moment. No, but it's understanding where you're, you're, you're happiest. And this is not then to eliminate anything. So you're not being pigeonholed or boxed. So for instance, even if you look in terms of career choices, if you look at an accountant, most accountants are assumed to be more cattle orientated than rhino orientated. And on one hand, you could say for someone who's more cattle orientated, there's certain career choices which play more to those strengths. You could also look at someone who's more naturally rhino-orientated and you could look at careers maybe in terms of uh, sales or entrepreneurial uh, activities or creative industries, and you would say, okay, if you're more rhino-orientated as your preferred starting position, then certain career choices are going to give you an environment that are more jungle or more field. However, you're not defined or restricted by where you are. It's just your starting point so that you know that you're a rhino who's doing, who's built a successful career that is more cattle orientated because you can have that scope of appreciation. Just because your starting point is left of centre doesn't mean to say that you can't operate and appreciate and value and have skills and abilities on the right side of that. But it's knowing your starting point, first of all. You're right. So, I mean, you, you mentioned sales. I mean, sales, there are lots of rhinos in it, but there's loads of amazing, you know, process-driven, consistent people who who do incredible jobs as well. But that scope of appreciation. So if I'm a cattle in, in a company, is this what? Appreciating that once in a while I'm a rhino or appreciating the, the other rhinos in, in, in the office? What do you mean by that scope of appreciation? First of all, it's having that value of rhino. And either saying, right, can I do that? Do I want to do that? Is that something I can develop? Would I enjoy that? Or do I need to go and find somebody who has? But first of all, it's having that value and appreciation that we could do with that bit of disruption. Equally, on the other side of that, there's a lot of people in disruptive areas who are more rhino-orientated who will look and say, we actually need someone to gather this. We actually need someone to capture this. We need someone to catch what we are throwing behind us. We need somebody to organise the chaos. Now, can I do some of that? 
would I enjoy doing some of that? Or do I, I want to get someone who loves doing that? That scope of appreciation, that's great. And that takes you beyond that tolerance that we touched on earlier then, that appreciation is a genuine, is much more active than, than, than tolerance. And that scope of appreciation rhino, and for rhinos and cattle goes both directions. You know, this is rhino having value and appreciation of the people who are more rhino than they are, not just appreciation of people who are more cattle than they are. And equally, if you see yourself more in the to the right of centre, more in that cattle orientated starting point, that it's not just your appreciation of people who are more rhino than you are, it's also appreciation of the people who are more cattle than you are. Yeah. So it's a scope of appreciation in both directions. And what you really want to do to get the full value of things is to broaden that scope of appreciation over time so that you can really then look objectively and say, I can get not just, you know, balance isn't between minus one and plus one. There is balance, but that's a very narrow scope of balance. That balance of minus 400 and plus 400 is a broader range and powerful in terms of amplified balance. So it's getting that scope of appreciation as wide as possible over time. We touched on diversity and inclusion. You think of what people are trying to achieve with diversity hiring. Actually, this piece is the inclusive bit then. This makes sure that those diverse profiles are appreciated and 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 their impact felt within organisations. That's yeah, and and I do a lot of stuff on this. And you look at organisations who've got strategies and policies for diversity and inclusion, but if you look at it from the employees part of it, they need to feel included, and for them to feel included, they need to feel they've got a role, and to feel they've got a role, they, they need to feel their identity has been valued and appreciated. So they first of all got to see that role themselves. I'm included because I know the part I've got to play rather than I need to play this kind of part to feel part of things. And if that's not you, you'll never feel part of it. So knowing that yourself, that self-awareness, what is my role, what's my part, Where am, what do I bring to this? What do I bring to this relationship? Therefore, what would a fantastic relationship look like? How do I attract those people into my life? into my business, into my workforce, you then start to look at being inclusive of everybody involved. That's great. This is really good. That whole balance amongst profiles, that scope of appreciation of all of the different types of profile around you. That's powerful, isn't it, for for the world that we're in now? And the need for different types of thinking and attitude and skills and you know competencies and yeah, so many different things. That's great. And look, you you know, over the years, I've predominantly worked with CEOs and and across different businesses and industries around the world. It used to be that businesses were personality driven, so you would typically get a CEO who was a right a typical rhino who would change things, disrupt things, reorganise things, redefine things, transform things, to the extent that without that appreciation of the cattle element of their business, none of it was really captured. And therefore, the next CEO had to then be more cattle-orientated to 
clean up the mess and pull things back together and make sense of it. And then when there was the lack of kind of growth and innovation, they would then need to bring in the next CEO who'd be more cattle orientated. And what they would look for is a CEO or senior leader who was at the zero point in the middle. Really what we can have is a CEO who they know where they are in that spectrum. They then know how to create strategically that right powerful balance by who they bring into the business, what the business can then focus on, all these things to make sure they're getting that amplified benefit of profitable disruption, profitable growth, and a well-run, well-organised business. And for yourself, is this bringing in friends, bringing in, if in, in your own personal life, if you know that you're more cattle or more rhino, this is then what appreciating or having an appreciation for those different people around you. So, the, you know, I'd bring in, you know, Dave for this and Simon for that and Jenny for this, you know, all those different things like the old Mission Impossible. I need, you know, somebody a bit more cattle orientated or more rhino orientated to help me with this. That's exactly what it is. It's, it's if, when you have an appreciation and awareness, you can then say, who would be fantastic for that? But it's not going to be you, who else? Who else can support? Who can bring that added dynamic? And therefore, you're not just saying, I only hang around with people who are just like me, or I always go and look for the people who are the opposite to me. But actually, you're looking within that spectrum and saying, what would I really value and appreciate? So that you can go to others and allow them to play to their strengths. And you can also then communicate of saying, these are my strengths. Here's how best to communicate to me. These are the situations where I really get to fly. Great, this rhino and the cattle, you sort of say it does, it's sort of got a cartoon element to it. But I know, I mean, you know, first times I've heard this, you automatically start looking around you and putting everyone into, you know, the different costumes. It's like a bad, bad version of the London Marathon. You know, you've got a load of people in rhino costumes and a load of people dressed as, as cows. And I think the important thing that, even though that you say this really clearly right at the start and all the way through this, is it isn't one or the other. You have rhino qualities and you have cattle qualities and you have, you know, there isn't, and one may be dominant, but you're not going to be 100% one or, or the other. I think it's when I, every time I do this, I automatically just go immediately black and white. It's quite hard for me to picture the hybrid versions in between. Yeah, and look, we've all had the conversations. I've certainly, over the 23 years, had loads of these conversations of people saying, why isn't that person excited by this? Why are they always negative? Why do they always want to hold it back? Why are they always saying no to these fantastic ideas and opportunities? They just don't get it. You know, I keep saying to them about how exciting the jungle is. You know, and the thrill of the chase, and you know, you could live or die by what we're doing. This could be make or break. And why are they not excited by that? And you can tell exactly why they're not excited by it. And you also then have the other side of the same conversation where someone's saying to you, Why can't they be content? Why can't they just stick to the rules? Why have they always got to try and find their own way and create their own path? Why can't they do what everybody else is doing? And why is it when we tell them that they get all offended and upset and then they, they charge off in a half? You can see exactly why they're doing it. And it's finding that way to be able to 
if you're communicating to people who are more cattle orientated, you communicate in ways that more cattle orientated people can give you a positive response. And if you're speaking to people who are more rhino orientated, you're positioning in a way where you're going to get a great response from that rhino. But also, and this isn't just about loading you up with things, there are some things that just aren't good for you. But rather than saying, I have to say yes to everything or I'm uncomfortable to say no, you can say to yourself, as a rhino or as more cattle, that's not playing to my strengths. I remember when I was leaving a job once, and the different type of people you speak to and immediately thought of Rhino Cattle. Some people say, ah, oh, lucky you. What are you going to do next? This is going to be incredible. And you'd leave there with full of energy. And the other group of people who would be like, oh, no, what are you going to do? Are you worried about your mortgage and everything? And I think that it felt like it was a very clear Rhino Cattle split. And the thing I you remembered most about it was that the rhinos would all be nodding and excited and the cows would all be shaking their heads. And I'm just in my head, I just had these really cartoon figures of these rhinos nodding, going, oh, lucky you, you get to go on a new run in the jungle. You've been stuck in that field for too long. And, uh, and then and the cows going, oh, my God, you're out of the field. How do we get you back in as quickly as possible? Yeah, that's funny. And that's why when some people present, well, they think it's a great opportunity for you, and it just doesn't either excite or reassure <laughs> yeah. you, then that's not. But this helps you when you're looking at this objectively and you can get to aware of it, accept it, be okay with it, and then say, right, okay, where's the value and where's how can I get the appreciation and value? It gets you beyond everybody walking around asking everybody else to be more like them. I'm okay, so you should be okay. I'm excited, so you should be excited. I'm content, so you should be content. So if I'm talking to a rhino, I'm talking about the aspects of this which make it feel more like the jungle. If I'm talking about the same project to a cattle, I'm talking about you know the how how well the process is going to be or the opportunity that is going to be there once everything settled down a bit more. That yeah, that makes sense. I mean, that's the therefore that's the connection. That's the connection you're talking yes. about. Now I'm talking to them in a way which touches on their real motivations, their real things they're excited about personally, a connection starts to be formed. Yeah, and it gets you beyond that judgment and criticism that that other person is not feeling or seeing or responding how you are. Their response is right for them and your response is right for you. But if you're going to connect the two, it's just having that value and appreciation and making it into caricatures takes a lot of that emotion and heat and intensity out of it. You don't need to be right or wrong. You're not pretending to be something else. You're seeing yourself and others as a process. Therefore, expected. You can anticipate. You can be ready. I mean, so often people's response is very rarely a shock. It's more of a disappointment. And disappointment means there's a bit of you knew that's what was coming. You just maybe hoped that it wouldn't. But very rarely do people absolutely shock you in the response because there's a bit of you already knew. You know whether they're a cattle or a rhino. But, but that's it. The one great thing about this model, though, is, as you said, with the rhino and the cattle, we get it, we can see it, we know which you can feel where you are along the spectrum yourself. 
but that process of appreciating those other profiles around you i mean this can just be used across everything as you said this is a fundamental this is great and just be and so at an operational level be aware of what you tend to be this isn't boxing you but it's what you tend to be when you're at your best when you're at your happiest because for a lot of us we've been pretending for so long or we've forced ourselves to do things that we've actually got quite good at those things, that the world kind of is confused because you're quite good at that, therefore you must be happy at it. You know within yourself, be aware of where you tend to sit at your happiest and best. At a management level, it's then being the best version of what you are. That's your management. And strategically, it's then building that broader scope of appreciation that you can then see the value and appreciate the opportunities that become available when you open up to people who have got different starting points of them being at their best. I said it feels like it's a cartoon story, but it's this is a really big, important topic, isn't it, for everything, for, for individuals, for companies, for teams. This is massive. This is good. So I'm going to sort of charge down a couple of trees. <laughs> I don't know. So before we go, obviously the question everyone wants to know, uh, where are you on the scale? I've always resonated more with fellow rhinos, <laughs> which is why it's always been best that I bounce off a fellow rhino for one or two hours at a time, <laughs> and then we both go on our adventures. Right. Wow. Those one or two hours I have with people are great. <laughs> they probably wouldn't want me to turn up the next day and the next day and the next day, or there'd be a hole in the fence by the end of the week. But what I've learned over the time is that the greatest successes that I've been able to have have been when I've collaborated with some people who are just like me and a lot of people who add and bring in stuff that they love doing that's not quite my thing. However, it's a good politician's answer that. I like that. You've got, you, haven't, you haven't upset anybody. But our two hours is up. I can see you're getting... Uh, bit angry you can see the glint in your eye you can see your nose is twitching so i'll let you go thank you Stephen. as always this was fantastic i'll talk to you again next week so i hope you were all better than i was when i first heard this and immediately turned off and just started characterizing everyone around me into rhinos and cows as Stephen explains there is no good there's no bad it's just different And in fact, you probably need a full complement of people. And we're not all rhino or all cow. As usual, we're a mix of everything. There's a hybrid, it's a spectrum. It's lots of different flavors of rhino and cow. That's a strange sentence to say. Anyway, you get what I mean. In one of the key things, it's not just about rhinos appreciating cows and cows appreciating rhinos. It's also those people who may even be more extreme than you. So sometimes you'll go into the room and you're the rhino traditionally, and there'll be somebody who will be much further to the left than you, or the same as being a cow. You're normally the person who's the process and the detail person. There's somebody there who's even further along than you. Maybe that's going to be a surprise sometime. Maybe that's it. So this scope of appreciation goes, yeah, both ways, always. It's a big tent. If we think about diversity and inclusion, I mean, bringing in all of these diverse hires 
for whatever reason, whatever different profiles, skills, competencies, outlooks, backgrounds, etc., that we bring in, if we're unable to really connect to these people, to make sure that they feel that they have a place and a voice, then that all of that hiring was for no purpose. So bringing them in is one thing, making sure that all of us are heard in whatever environment we're in is another. Anyway, I must admit, I did spend too much time daydreaming about rhinos and cattle and less on the inclusion and diversity part. I hope you didn't make that mistake. If you did, go back and listen again to the last 20 minutes or so. It's a great story. It's almost a parable. I love it. I hope you did too. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for your support. Talk again next week. Bye-bye. Thank you.